Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pass is to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm your host, John Hendricks, alongside Terrence Copper, NFL great. Terrence, how you doing today? John, how you doing? I'm doing well. Great. Yes, absolutely. Not as good as what the Saints were able to do on Sunday, right? True, true. But I still have high hopes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, we could start there, right? Let's talk about the Carolina mm-hmm. game. Obviously, it was is a horrible game. Um, mm-hmm. 128 yards of offense for Sean Payton. You know, I, I got asked a good bit that, you know, is this the worst loss? And, you know, I think what comes to mind for me, I, I remember 2013, the team went up to Seattle. They were doing so well, and then they kind of just got the, you know, the stuff smacked out of them up there. They lost yep. 34 to 7, you know. I mean, these things happen, right? But you said it's early, so, I mean, kind of talk about – when you suffer a loss like that, um, you know, what did you see, first of all, and then kind of, you know, how do you rebound from something like this? Well, just watching from the game period, we could never really get anything going offensively. Uh, we was 2 for 11 on third down, you know. So, I mean, you got to take your hats off to the Panthers, the Panthers defense. They did a great job. But, again, we couldn't get anything going. We couldn't get the run game going. We couldn't convert on third down. Uh, we had two turnovers. So when you look at just those stats right there, then we had 115 yards worth of penalties. So when you look at those stats, that is a recipe for disaster anyway. So I don't care what team you're playing. When you have those type of stats, two for 11 on third, two turnovers, 115 yards on penalty, you can't establish the run. You're going to lose those games. You're going to lose those games. Absolutely. And it was just frustrating. And, you know, we talked to him and, and I guess the, the other thing to hit home about here is uh, obviously it's all coming and uh, coming gone, but you know, Jameis Winston, he was really talking a lot about his communication and being more vocal, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And then even guys like Teron Armstead was talking a lot about, you know, they didn't necessarily handle the silent count as well as they should. So, I mean, from a player's perspective, what all goes into that starting with the quarterback and then the offensive line when you're kind of facing some of this hostility in the crowd? I mean, well, how does that all play into a part into things? Oh, that's, that's huge. Communication. Uh, you should think about a regular, a regular relationship. Communication is everything in a relationship. Well, you on that football field, that's the exact same thing. You know, the communication, whether it's the offensive line communicating with each other, whether it's the quarterback communicating with the offensive line, pointing out who's the mic, uh, whether it's the offensive coordinator, commun- not offensive coordinator, but the offensive quarterback communing with the receivers on rattle adjustments. Communication is huge, especially when it comes from your coaching staff, which a lot of our coaching staff wasn't even at the game. You know, so that's huge as well. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. 
Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, I mean, when you're missing that many coaches, I mean, you know, you think about it. Obviously, these guys are professional football players. Sean mm-hmm. Payton's a professional. He's been doing this a long time. They're not going to have this thing of, oh, my goodness, uh, there's an excuse. Here's an excuse. I mean, they're going to take ownership of it. And that's Sean Payton mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Obviously, he talks about it starts with me and all that. But, you know, I kind of alluded to this in, in writing about it that, you know, look, you can have this amazing recipe. But if you're missing some of those eight ingredients, you can substitute them, but it's just not going to hit the same. So, I mean, you can downplay, you know, not having it or, you know, not necessarily blaming it on on that one aspect. I mean, they were down starters. They didn't have Lattimore and they didn't have Gardner Mm -hmm. Johnson. But, you know, you're missing Curtis Johnson. You're missing Ryan Nielsen. You're missing a lot of key guys. And I mean, you know. From a from a again a player's perspective, what do these assistant coaches do? You know, during a game that really just helps helps so much and attributes to kind of why you're like, okay, well, you need these guys in the game. Yeah, oh yeah, and especially when it comes, to, of course, like I said, the, the Saints, that like Coach Payton, they're going to take ownership of the loss, but they was dealt the bad hand when it came to that game. Uh, that is one reason why's the biggest reason why I still believe in them. I still believe they can have an amazing season. To me, this game, yeah, the game counts. But in my mind, this game really doesn't count for me. And I know record, record it does. But for me, when it comes to my outlook on the Saints, this game doesn't count to me because you're. I don't remember a team ever having this many assistant coaches out of a game uh, going into the game. I've never seen this before. Uh, and one thing the assistant coaches does, whether back, whether it's your running back coach, whether it's your receiver coach, whether it's your uh, your coach that's actually signaling in the personnel, like they play a huge role in not just on the field, but when the players come off the field, if we have issues that's going on or the defense made a certain adjustment that we need to know, okay, what do we need to do for these adjustments since they made this adjustment? They don't have anybody to go to the sideline to talk to. You know, when you yeah. have your, your backup quarterback giving the personnel, the personnel signals going in, that's going to get delayed. And there's so many, it's, it's not as you can't really run that many packages because you don't know if the personnel package is going to get in, which is going to delay the game. It's going to hold the play up because it's a lot, it's a process that's going through it. And you don't have those assistant coaches that's there that usually does it. And it's a lot of pressure put on whoever was put in those positions to do those, to do those uh, personnel packages, to do, they talk to receivers and the running backs when they come off the field to make the adjustments. That's a lot going on when you don't have those coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it, it could show. And again, you, you look at it, it's week two of the season that, that I mean, you know, nobody's a, a Super Bowl winner by week two of the season. <laughs> I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I remember something and, you know, we'll talk about the Patriots soon, but you know, Bill Belichick is famous or infamous and famous, whatever you call it, for saying that, you know, the season really doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. And I mean, this is a, a 17 game season. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, again, mm-hmm. these early we've seen teams that have come out of the gate hot and then they just kind of sputter. And, you know, the Saints are one of those teams that they may not start great, but man, they hit a midseason stride. And once they put it all together, you know, they do 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 a lot of good things. And, and I mean, again, Sean, he's he knows that you know, he's, again, he's not going to make excuses for this, but he knows that. And I know a lot of the players in that building know that, and, you know, it starts with the leadership and the players and they're going to pull together and and figure this out, but, you know, um, maybe some positives from this game. I know there wasn't a ton, but I I will tell you, I was really impressed with Peyton Turner. I liked a lot of what I saw in him in training camp, you know, didn't really see him in the preseason because of injury, but, you know, for a rookie defensive end, I mean, a lot of guys, 
uh, or a lot of people around the league just were like, you know, why did they take this guy? What did you see from Peyton Turner? Maybe impressions of him? Uh, you know, he just did a good job, or uh, especially at the defensive end, uh, getting pressure, uh, getting pressure to the quarterback. Uh, he just did. He helped the defense out a lot because the game could have been worse than what it was, uh, especially when you're missing one of your shutdown corners. Uh, and we really, and he was really one of the only ones that was getting to the quarterback as much as he was. But again, at the end of the day, if you don't have that defensive line that's that's really putting that pressure on the quarterback, or or we run a different blitz packages, getting the getting the quarterback to make quicker decisions, and you don't have your your best corners in the back end, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle, especially because you usually have Lattimore on their best corner, on their best receiver, but we didn't have that. We didn't have it. So their best receiver, he, he had, what, 70-some uh, yards receiving, uh, eight catches, something like that. But he had a good game, but I don't think he had that type of game unless if you have Lattimore back there. And I'll tell you another person for the, for the Panthers that really did well, that was, to me, was really the X factor. And it, it's, it's not anything that anyone doesn't know, but McCaffrey. McCaffrey has some key third down uh, receptions, some key third down runs. To me, everything is centered around McCaffrey. And if you can somehow seem to shut him down, you have a great chance. But he, he had a great game as well. Yeah, and look, I think, um, you know, you're missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson big time in this game. And I know mm -hmm. that, according to the broadcast, that the plan was to put him on McCaffrey. And, you know, you have to roll in Zach Bond, if you will. And, and again, he looked good in preseason. He looked good in training camp and all that good stuff. But, look, again, stuff like that happens, right? And, and he did mm -hmm. everything he could for it. But at the same time, I mean, you know, just those types of things happen. And, look, you really have to get – credit Joe Brady and kind of the, the job he did in calling uh, the offensive game plan. I mean, you know, he was a, a Sean Payton understudy and a lot's made mm -hmm. about some of that, but look, he did a great job. And I know I asked Sean last week about him and just talked about how he's able to put his players in the best position to win. And look, they exploited the short and intermediate routes. They, they did extremely well carving them up. And, and again, the defense made some really good adjustments in the second half to at least keep the saints into it, but offensively, mm -hmm. they just couldn't do it. Um, and, and I mean, the only bright spot I guess you could take away is um, besides Turner, maybe a couple, I like Bradley Roby's debut. I think he did good. Um, special teams look good, but, you know, again, mm -hmm. learning from this loss and such, and, you know, from a, a, again, in that locker room and those, with those players, they talk a lot about the 24 hour rule. I mean, when you do something like that, I mean, what is the, the normal pomp and circumstance? You just look at the film. I know it's painful to look at, but, you know, and then mm -hmm. what do you kind of, how do you get your mind right after that? So as a player, in my eyes, this game is so, I'm not going to say so easy, but it's easier to look past this game. Of course, after the game is over with. So we, if we play on Sunday, Monday, we're going we're gonna to come in, we're going to get a lift in, we're going to work out, and we're going to watch the film. Uh just going over the film, if I'm a player out coming off a loss like this, I'm looking at the things I could have done that to get better uh, individually. What could I do? How, how did I win my battles or how did I lose my battles? But overall, as a team, I'm not dwelling on this game long at all because we know, even though we're, gonna, we're not going to point fingers or this is the reason why we lost, but in our heads, we know why we lost. We didn't have our full coaching staff. And, and I know, I mean, it's still an NFL game and you're still required to win. But as a team, if you don't have your coaches, and it's it's hard to even 
fathom going into a going into a football game and you're missing about eight or nine coaches. That's a lot. So regardless of how that game went, if we would have won that game, of course, that would have boosted our morale. Of course, our confidence would have been through the roof because now we know, okay, even without our coaches, we still can get it done as a team. But the fact we lost that game, it's a big reason why we lost that game. And that's because we didn't have our coaches. And, and that's one thing. It don't matter how much we sugarcoated or say we did this wrong or did that wrong. It's just certain adjustments you can't make without that coaching staff. And so that's why I say this to me, this game, I don't even count this game, even though it goes against your record book, but this game to me doesn't even count. Yeah. And look, and I mean, the saints are going to get a chance to settle the score. They're going to have to wait until 2022 to do it, but they play them on January mm-hmm. 2nd. And look, I think that game, obviously the way they closed between them and Atlanta, I mean, that, that win would matter a lot more. It's going to be in the Superdome. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a crazy week in the Superdome, obviously. Uh, but, you know, yes. again, you look at it early season, they get the first blood. It's kind of like it reminds me of like last year with Tampa is Saints were able to sweep them, but Tampa had the last laugh in the playoff game, you know. And, again, you know, mm-hmm. I know they're going to remember the bitter taste of this one. And, again, in the early season, there's a lot of things you still have to work out. I mean, this team didn't have a third preseason game. I mean, I don't know if they really needed it somewhat, but – at the same mm-hmm. time, there's a lot of things that have unfolded for it. But, you know, again, you move on and you talk about New England and now you're kind of in a task where, OK, you're against Bill Belichick. He's a, a mastermind, if you will. Right. And I mean, the second long mm-hmm. or, Peyton's the second longest tenured head coach in the NFL only to Bill. And, um, you know, obviously they have a great relationship. Bill Parcells connection there, um, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously, you, you know, a little bit about Bill, too. And uh, mm-hmm. Parcells, that is. And I mean, just. I guess from a coaching perspective, what is it about Peyton and Belichick cut from that cloth? Like what is something that you've seen that you really just don't see a lot more from these coaches these days? Uh, One thing about coach Belichick uh, is he's very practical. When I say practical, if, if he see he can exploit something, he's going to continue to exploit it until you stop it. Uh, Or on the flip side of that, if he see he has to take one of your players out of the game, I've seen times where Coach Belichick would have a – they'll be going against a team with a with a dynamic a dynamic receiver. And what he does to shut this guy down, I've seen times he's out there. He got two DBs out there on this guy like a vice on the, on the gunner, on the punt team. And so one thing he does, if he, he's going to shut one part of your game down. He's going to shut it down. If you have a good receiver out there, He's gonna put. He's gonna double that receiver and put their best corner on your number two receiver, and they're gonna shut them down. They're, and they're gonna make your other receivers make other guys make plays. So they're very practical. He's gonna stop whatever you're good at. That is that is their goal. And Coach Payton, he's the same way. If he sees something he can exploit, whether it's a, a corner out there that's not as that's not as good, or safety out there that's not as good, or your run games, they're just gonna exploit it. They're not gonna try to invent the wheel. They're just gonna do it well. So that is, I feel like that is how both of those guys are, are great at what they does. They don't try to invent the, the wheel. They just, they just do what they're good at. Exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get into all the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. You sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at PlayActionPools, and then you get your picks in each week. 
We're going to select 10 high-profile games of the week between the NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, Sean Payton threw this stat out, which is crazy, right? And I think it's going to point lead into some of the things that we talk about in the keys to this game, right? Is He said that the Patriots are 108-7 and under Bill uh, Belichick at, at, at home since 2001 when they win the turnover battle. He's mm-hmm. like, there's their stat of the week. I mean, first of all, I'm like taking back. I'm like, good grief. They've won that many games at Foxborough and <laughs> all that stuff. But second, I mean, he has, you know, uh, has a valid point. I mean, the turnover battle is obviously so important. And then, of course, you alluded to it earlier. But when you commit that many penalties, I mean, you know, you looked at their net yards. They At some points in this game last week, they had more penalty yards than they did net yards. And so that that definitely hurts them for sure. But you know, he talked a lot about, you know, New England and the way they are. I mean, every area and facet of their team is is strong. They're quick. They tackle well. Special teams works unit is, is exceptional. So, I mm-hmm. mean, if you're Peyton, you talked about maybe trying to find some of those weaknesses in the pressure points. How can the Saints this week, which I think, you know, even though they come in as what a three point favorite, um, they're going in a hostile environment, you know, mm-hmm. and they haven't beat. New England at New England in, in this millennium. Um, but, you know, th- this is will be the fourth time they try. Peyton's one and two against Belichick. So, I mean, what do they have to do to, to kind of win this game? They just got to go in there. They got to do the exact same thing that Patriots has to do to win this game. They can't beat themselves. They can't beat themselves. They got to go in there with their game plan. And let's not beat ourselves at the line of scrimmage uh, when it comes to holding and different, different penalties. If we're going to get beat, the Patriots going to have to beat us. Now, the good thing about the good thing for the Saints is the Patriots don't have Tom Brady. The Patriots are still a, a good team. I would never say they're not a good team, but they're a different team when you don't have Tom Brady. And that's that's one good thing because Tom Brady was the X factor. It didn't matter who the Patriots was playing. When you had Brady, you always had a chance to win. Right now, they had they got a rookie quarterback in there. Uh, so he hasn't seen all types of defenses. He hasn't seen all types of looks that the defense can give you like a Brady has, and he can make those counter adjustments. So that's one good thing the Saints have going for them is because they have a rookie quarterback, but they also understand, and also everybody has to understand, the Patriots are not going to beat themselves. They're going to be a disciplined team. They're going to be a solid team. And in order to beat the Patriots, you got to go beat them because they're not going to beat themselves. But I feel like this game is very uh, winnable for the Patriots, not for the Patriots, but for the Saints just because they're not – the Patriots aren't the same Patriots. They got a new quarterback, and it's just different when you don't have Brady at the helm. Yeah, and look, Mac Jones, you know, again, I asked Sean about it uh, Wednesday, just talking about him, and, you know, they were really high on him, you know, in the draft process and such, and obviously there's reports that they tried to, to leap ahead of the Patriots to take him and all this stuff. But, look, you know, one of the things that he talked about, not just one, but a lot, just talked about how his vision on the field is good and – 
that he just mm-hmm. beats you in so many ways and makes smart decisions. I mean, he's over 74% accurate for the season and through two games and hasn't thrown some picks. He's been sacked a couple times, fumbled a couple times, but hasn't lost any. But, you know, they're kind of taking that short to intermediate route. They're, I don't want to say dink and dunk, but they're doing what works in their game plan to make it work. And, and they haven't really had deep shots in, in their offense, but – um, and, you know, again, you, you put him against a guy like Marcus Williams, who's, who's done so well at, at his spot, and he's going to get paid soon enough. Um, but him mm-hmm. and Malcolm Jenkins are exceptional at what they do. But, you know, look, this is a game where, you know, they're going to try to get stuff in the flats. They're going to try those hook curl routes, slant stuff, anything short and intermediate. So as a defense, you know, as an offense, you know, you say, man, these are great because that bodes well for probably wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. But as a defense, what are some of the challenges when you're facing, you know, you can have a great pass rush, but having a, a team that just knows where to find that soft spot and the, the coverage or and how they play, like, what do you what do you do to really kind of defend against stuff like that? Uh, first of all, I think, I think you, you blitz him a little bit to see, does he make those adjustments? Does the quarterback make those adjustments, which they probably will. But before you even start blitzing for, the, for all for, our, for receiving purposes or to stop the pass, we got to stop the run because that's what the Patriots are going to establish. They got some good running backs. What they're going to try to establish first, just to keep their quarterback out of long, uh, out of situation where he got to throw the ball down the field a lot. They're going to try to establish the run game. So first thing we have to do as, as a defense, we have to make sure we stop their run and make them more of a one-dimensional team where they are doing those dinks and dunks and, and throwing the ball down the field a little bit. Now, if they're really one-dimensional, now the defense coordinator has a better opportunity to make certain play calls and to make certain adjustments to what they're doing. But if you have a team where you can't stop the run that well, and they're just dinking and dunking or nicking and nickel and dime you down the field. That is hard for a defensive coordinator to call up good defensive plays, uh, and not just for defense coordinator, but the players out there to be, to to be balanced and not be unbalanced when it comes to what the offense is doing. So I feel like stopping the run first is the first thing we have to do because if you can't stop the run versus the Patriots, it's going to be a long night. Absolutely, yeah, and I think they can control the line of scrimmage. You know. Uh, Injury report from yesterday, it showed that you had uh, Peyton Turner limited as an elbow injury, but they did get to know Passignon back. Um, he was a had a, a calf injury, and he was a full participant. So, again, you know, we'll have to see how Thursday's plays out and Friday's ultimately, but I feel better about where they're going as a team as far as their health goes. And, you know, that early buy is going to end up being a blessing in disguise, mm-hmm. if you will. But um, at the same time, you know, stopping the run and putting the pressure on Mac Jones to, to kind of beat you seems like an ideal format for me too. And and I know Dennis Allen's tendencies is to be a little bit more on the aggressive side and blitz. And look, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, that's, that's a good way to to try to beat Mac Jones and try to put some disguises in there and see what you're going to be able to, to come out with and win this turnover battle. But, you know, it, it's in new England and, you know, Bill's going to have a, a good game plan for the saints. I mean, from an offensive perspective, because I think this is really the key here, because I think the defense, I don't really have concerns there. I think it's offenses. I think the biggest question is, was this just a one-week blunder, um, or is this who's this team? Is it the team that showed up against the Packers? Is it the team that showed up against the Panthers? Or is it somewhere in between, and we're just kind of not looking at it the right way? I think we're still the team that showed up against the Packers. Now, was were the Packers hitting on all cylinders when we played them? No but we still beat them handily. Uh, so I still feel like we are, we're still that team that showed up on opening, on opening Sunday. But we really 
as offense have to be able to run the ball. If we cannot run the ball versus the Patriots, we're going to struggle. To me, I feel like both teams are in similar situations. Uh, you have some good talent around you. Both teams essentially got two quarter, two new quarterbacks. Uh, Winston is not a rookie, but he's still a new quarterback to, to start at the helm with the Saints, uh, just like the Patriots have one. We got to keep both – we got to keep uh, – when I say both, both teams have to keep their quarterbacks out of situations where they have to throw the ball a lot. The run game has to be established. I still don't think Winston is to the point to where we can really just open it up and get into a shootout with a team with Winston. Uh, I, I just don't think he's there yet as a quarterback. Is he still an effective and still a good quarterback? I think so. And I think we will get to the point as he continues to grow in this offense, we will get to the point to where we can open it up and, and really just throw it all around the place. But I, I don't think he's developed into that quarterback quite yet within this offense. Uh, especially when it comes to some of his decision makings, because I felt like he kind of took a step back a little bit when it came to his decision making, uh, like the way he did it versus, versus the, uh, the Packers. He did a great job with his decision making. This game, he made a few bad decisions uh, that he would definitely like some of them throws back. But with that being said, we just have to get Camaro. We got to get him rolling. We got to get the run game established. You just don't want to put Williams in that situation where he has to throw the ball a ton to move the ball down the field. Yeah, and look, I was a little puzzled too, and, and maybe it's because the game dictated, right, because you're down 17 nothing, and, you know, you want Kamara to be the guy who kind of changes things, but the Panthers had a solution for Kamara almost every snap, and, you know, mm -hmm. I, I thought, I was like, you know, we didn't see a lot of Tony Jones Jr. in this game, and I thought he could have been a good, you know, change of pace and try to get something going him, but, you know, it's just like sometimes you just have bad days in the office, and when it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and as far as Winston, you know, I, there was, you know, the first pick I don't really think was necessarily his fault just because mm -hmm. nobody picked up the pr pressure in the A-gaps, right? And and the thing oh. is, it was just like he made the most he could. The second one was what I was concerned about because it was just a, a straight overthrow and right to J.C. Horn. But, you know, I think he get, he'll get better with it. And obviously this is only going to be his third game starting mm -hmm. since, you know, he pretty much just rode the bench last year behind Drew. And so, um, you know, from a, a play calling perspective, you know, how do you – build some confidence for Winston early and how do you try to to make sure that he moves to change because I'm gonna tell you the uh, the wide receivers last year I mean Marquez Callaway has been one of the guys that we toted a lot you know in the offseason and, and the preseason and training camp but you know he's been ice cold to start I mean Adam Troutman their tight end didn't even have a target last week I mean it was just it was mm -hmm. just all sorts of wrong but what do you do to kind of help build his confidence early and try to get some things going I think I think you start, can you kind of mention earlier what the Patriots were going to do more uh, dink and dunk, nickel and dime. I think you start out with that. Uh, just seeing Winston uh, get the ball caught, just allowing him to see the ball get caught, it's going to boost his confidence. Uh, of course, a run game is, is great for a quarterback to help boost their confidence and moving the chains. We have to be able to convert on third downs. We cannot go to an 11 uh, like we did last game and expect to beat the Patriots. We have to stay on the field more. And with, with that, I mean, just dinking and dunking just to, just to get the quarterback confidence going, throwing some screen passes just for Winston to see the ball get caught. Uh, those are the things you can really help with a quarterback when it comes to his confidence and just moving the ball. We got to be able to convert on third downs. Absolutely. Well, Terrence, let's get some game predictions in. Who wins this game and why? I think the Saints win this game. I think we go up to Foxborough. We win this game by seven. I think our defense plays a lot well, a lot better. Also, think our offense plays a lot better. Uh, when you again, I go back to just having 
uh, your assistant coaches, all those assistant coaches being out. I never heard anything like that before. I never seen anything like that before. So I can't even imagine what the players was doing on the sideline, trying to come up with adjustments for what's going in the game. There was no adjustments you can make because you don't have any coaches over there to help you make those adjustments. So I feel like we bounce back in a big way. I think we go to Foxborough, we take care of business. Would you say, before I get into mine, would you say the pressure's more on the Saints or more on the Patriots? Because right after this game, next week, the Patriots welcome Tom Brady back to town in Tampa in a primetime game. So do you think it's possible? Again, you know, some people say this, like, do you ever find yourself looking ahead and saying, well, maybe that's more of an impact or do you think that even matters? No, it doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't matter. This game is big for both teams because I think both teams are kind of in the same boat right now. Both teams are really trying to figure out their identity. Uh, you have, Both teams have a new quarterback at the helm. Both teams are trying to figure out. They're both uh, one and one. They're trying to figure out who they are. And this game right here will go a long ways of determining, okay, what do we do well? Uh, what, what things do we continue to work on? Who are we as a team? What is our identity? And I still don't think either one of these teams know what their identity is right now. So this game is huge for both teams. I think it's equally as big for both teams uh, moving forward in the season. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree. And look, I think originally when I did my game by game, I picked against the Saints and I just thought that, you know, something playing about New England. But I think the emotion and the, the, you know, everybody that's in that locker room and Peyton, everybody from the top down, they just know that, hey, this is not who we are. This is not our football. And going to control the things we control and i think they're going to come out and surprise new england a good bit um i'm going to take them 28 to 20 i, I just feel like it's going to be a, one of those things where winston bounces back they kind of get the ground game going like you said it's going to open up some things i think winston has a much better outing tosses a couple of touchdowns and i think defensively they're going to get some turnovers um and and really get after mac jones so i feel confident about him so i think they can come off and, and do this thing. And, man, I'll tell you what, uh, next week at the Superdome is going to be outstanding. It's going to be electrifying. It is. It is. <laughs> I, know we're, it is. I know fans don't want to really look too far ahead, but let's just not kid ourselves. No matter how this game goes, whether they win or lose, mm-hmm. week four against the Giants, man, I, I don't care who comes in here. It could be the uh, the uh some of these legends, the 85 49ers, the 85 Bears, all these teams yes. that were so good. <laughs> 90s Cowboys, they, they won't win this game from the Saints, but you got to take care of business on Sunday. Any more parting thoughts, shots, and remarks? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Go Saints. That's it. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Again, this is John Hendricks for Believe in Saints alongside Terrence Copper. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Y'all have a good one and enjoy the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.